Hey there, educational rock stars. Are you feeling overwhelmed with lesson planning for your English language learners? Well, I've got some exciting news for you. Introducing our upcoming free webinar, Simplify Your Approach, Three Time-Saving Routines for ELL Success. Join me for a power-packed 45 minutes that's set to revolutionize your teaching strategy. In this webinar, we'll dive into three practical, easy-to-implement routines that will not only enhance your ELL teaching methods, but also save you hours of planning time. Yes, hours. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, these insights are tailored to help everyone make the most of their teaching time. Plus, you'll leave this webinar ready to implement these routines the next day. So mark your calendars for our two upcoming dates. I don't want you to miss this opportunity to transform your ELL lesson planning. To reserve your spot, simply sign up at www.equippingells.com slash routines. Trust me, your future self will thank you for it. I'll see you at the webinar. Teaching ELL students is a privilege and a joy. Is it easy? No way. But with the right support, you can feel empowered to tackle each day with ease and confidence. I'm your host, Beth Boucher, founder of Inspiring Young Learners. With over 10 years of teaching both nationally and internationally, I know what it takes to ensure that your ELL students have what they need to thrive today, tomorrow, and for life. I'm on a mission to empower you to equip your English language learners. Welcome to Equipping ELLs. Let's get to today's episode. Hey there, and thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Equipping ELLs podcast. I am honored and privileged that you are joining me today on this episode. And this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. Today, we're going to be talking about a success path for lesson planning. And this is something that I really am passionate about helping you streamline your lesson planning. I want you to be spending less time lesson planning and more time showing up with confidence that what you're doing is exactly what your students need and just enjoying teaching. I mean, that's what we all get into this. We we love teaching. We love inspiring our students. We love meeting their needs and reaching them where they're at and seeing them grow. And sometimes I have found that lesson planning, when we don't have a good framework and a good guide, especially when it comes to what to do with our multilingual learners, what we should be teaching them. It can feel really overwhelming and really clog our days with just this anxiety of, okay, what are we teaching? I have to plan tonight. I have to spend hours after school getting ready. I'm only one day ahead of my lesson plans. I'm spending my weekends lesson planning. Can anybody relate to that? If that is you, today's episode is for you. We're going to be walking through a success path of what to do, how to have clear targets and goals and know exactly what your students are doing. And then we're going to talk about a four-week cycle that I want to encourage you to implement this year so that you can really refine the work that you're doing with your students, the lessons that you're planning, and decide if you're on track with what they need or if you need to make some adjustments. So let's dive in. All right. So you've probably heard me say this a million times on the podcast, but teaching ELLs is not a one size fits all. And so we really cannot come and approach this year and say, oh, well, I, I taught this grade level last year. I taught this group last year. I taught this language level last year. I'm going to just do everything I did last year. 
And it really doesn't work that way when we work with multilingual learners, because each multilingual learner is bringing in different cultural experience and different educational experiences and different background knowledge um, and different native languages. That really impacts the support that they need from us in the classroom. And so it's really important that we are constantly checking in. And we're going to be talking about that today, how to do that. So let's talk about first, the first thing you should do. Now, a lot of times we look at the whole year, but honestly, when we're working with multilingual learners, I like to break it down in quarters because so much change can happen and either so much growth can happen that you want to be ready to keep pushing them forward at the speed that they're going or there's times and there's there's language levels where you kind of hit a plateau and you really need to spend time going deeper on something. Maybe, you know, with those newcomers, they can some of those kids can really pick up quickly. They start to progress super fast and so you want to be going as fast as they're ready willing to go and as fast as they can handle. But sometimes when you get to those level 2s and 3s, you know, they definitely hit a plateau and so we need to be ready for that. We need to be ready to see what it is they need to go deeper or to spend more time working on and practicing so that they move forward and they don't become stagnant. And so having a clear idea and those check-ins is really important. So instead of looking the whole year, I like to recommend to look at a quarter at a time. So the first step in the lesson planning success path is to look at your first quarter. And I want you to come up with goals of where you want the students that you're working with to be at the end of the first quarter. This makes it much more manageable. And the big thing now is going to be checking in on their progress. And so when we look at it in the quarter view, we can look at it and and have a clear idea that's not so far away. The end of the year is far away. But when we have a quarter view, it helps us to get motivated because this is what, nine weeks, maybe 10 weeks. Let's get them to reaching these goals in 10 weeks. And so look at your quarter view. I recommend before the school year begins, Looking and defining these goals is a great time to talk, If especially if you're co-teaching or just working with homeroom teachers, sitting down together and saying, okay, what should we, what do we want these students to be able to do by the end of the first quarter? If you're newcomers, you know, define for listening, speaking, reading, and writing. You can even add in some social goals, things like, you know, for a newcomer that they're able to greet somebody and say their name by the end of the first quarter. It's completely appropriate. So really looking at the language level, looking at the domains and defining goals for the students you're working with. For your intermediate students, that's where it's really helpful to have those conversations with the homeroom teachers and saying, okay, let's define some goals for the language domains for this group of students. And let's talk about what they're going to be learning in the homeroom classroom and what goals can we create about that. So maybe it's, you know, being able to use academic vocabulary on the topic of matter if that's what they're going to be learning about the first quarter. Or maybe it's being able to identify in a, you know, appropriate passage that's at their reading level, the main idea and detail. So this is where it's really helpful to come alongside and support what's happening in the homeroom classroom and using that to be your goal. Then if they know that these are the goals for those students and you know these are the goals for the students, now everyone's working towards those goals in that first quarter. That's where we're going to have more success than when in the in the homeroom classroom, they're doing one thing in your pullout sessions they are doing something completely different and there's really no unity and there's no overlap. So having uh, those discussions, having those goals 
is really crucial. And I recommend to have those discussions with your students then when they come into the school year in that first week or two, you know, say, here's our goals. Here's you know, here's what we're trying to aim for. Make it kid-friendly. Um, maybe have them have a portfolio or a binder and you put their goals in it at the beginning and they can track their goals throughout the quarter. You want them to see the progress that they're making. This is really important for these students to not feel this deficit approach all the time that, oh, I because I don't know English yet, I'm behind or I'm never going to catch up or I don't have any value because I don't know English. Sometimes that is the sentiment that is in the classrooms, in the schools. But if we flip it and we say like, wow, look at the progress you're making, look at what you've been doing. And we really encourage the small wins. That's going to continue to project them on a course of success. That's going to help them build confidence. So having something for the students to check in on those quarterly goals is going to be really helpful to keep them on track and keep you on track. Now, if you're wondering, you know, where do I find these quarterly goals? I don't know what to do. Well, I would say first start with, if you're a WIDA state, look at the WIDA. I know that can be very overwhelming sometimes. Look at your ELPs, look at whatever your state language standards are. That's a great place to start. And then also we will share with you in the show notes. I have some quarterly goals broken down by grade level, by language level, by domains. And so that's kind of just a quick way if you're really struggling on, a, on ideas and where to get started, that's a great way to get started. Um, there's drop downs you can look and choose by each of the four quarters. And that's a great place to get started. So we'll share that freebie in the show notes. Um, but just get started, get some goals on paper. Because when you have that, now what you're going to do is you're going to turn your lesson plans into a four-week cycle. And so what does this four-week cycle look like? This four-week cycle begins with an assessment. It can be a very quick check-in. You're going to do a, you know, a progress monitor check-in. You want to focus on what are your goals and give them a good, you want a good glimpse at if they're able to do that. And this doesn't have to be that complicated. An assessment does not have to be complicated. Using something like a picture, use a picture of the content you're going to be working on this quarter. See if they can tell you any words that are in the picture, if they can name any nouns in the picture, any verbs, if they can share a sentence about that picture, or if they really have, they really are not sure of any of the vocabulary they're seeing in that picture. Okay. That gives you a good gauge of where they're at when they start. You could use that same picture in the middle to check in, but we're going to get to that in a second. So I don't want to get ahead. So the first thing in our four week cycle is to do an assessment of some sort. This could even be, you know, doing a speaking assessment or doing a writing assessment and using a generic rubric. We have some available in the store that we can link to where you're just observing and you're, you're using a rubric to give you some data points. All right. So when we start there, when we start with the assessment, we now can guide our lessons. We can now see where our students need more support when it comes to this topic or this unit. And that's where we're going to go. This is really crucial because we have very limited time to work with our students. And so if we're using our time on things that they do not need the support in, then we're wasting our time. So if I am focusing on nouns for this first quarter, and this is one of my goals, I'm working with a second grade level two and three group. And so one of my goals is that they can 
you know, define what nouns are and give examples through speaking or through writing. And let's say in this first check-in, this first assessment, I see that eight out of 10 of my students are already really solid on nouns. They were able to, maybe they did a noun sort and they were able to do it, or maybe they were able to come up with some nouns from a picture and write a sentence about it independently. Whatever I'm doing a quick check-in, I'm doing an assessment to see where they're at. I see, guess what? Most of these students already know nouns. So should I spend the next couple weeks on nouns? No, maybe I'll do one lesson. That's a quick review, but that's really not where I'm going to spend my time. And so when you do an assessment like this, when you do a quick check-in, you now can see where you should be spending your time. So instead of spending my time on doing nouns and just the basic overview of nouns, I might now see that this student, this group, they're ready to go into some higher level skills with nouns. Maybe they're ready for some abstract nouns. Maybe they're ready for some common nouns versus proper nouns and the difference and applying that in their writing. Maybe they're ready for possessive nouns. So there's different ways that I can still cover that goal I have, but already move them on of what they need the support in. And that's why in this four-week cycle, beginning with an assessment and a quick check-in, and this can be something as simple as doing an activity where students are moving and working together and you're walking around and you're observing. And that's where you can kind of see, okay, these students are really understanding nouns. It seems really easy for them. You know, maybe the small group, I might pull them and and review this at a, at a different time because I can see they're still struggling. Having your eyes on how your group is working is really important to how you're lesson planning. So in our four-week cycle, we're going to assess first. We're going to check in. We're then going to plan our lessons based off of that assessment. And we're going to teach for three weeks. We're going to provide them with engaging materials. We're going to scaffold our materials. We're going to be very planned on this topic and and really take the time it needs to teach it. So again, if I'm doing nouns, then I might be focusing on different reading passages that relate to the content they're learning in the mainstream classroom or just topics that they're really excited about. And we're going to be focusing on nouns and different types of nouns as we do these other reading activities. And then we're going to do some application through maybe some speaking activities and some writing activities. So you can choose how you want to plan the lesson. Maybe it's based off of that grammar skill, or maybe it's based off that content. But finding activities that go together that you can use the content and the context to learn the language. So for three weeks, you're going to teach. Now, what should you be doing during those three weeks? you should be observing. I think this is an area that we really need to boost because this is where you really are going to have a pulse on your students and where they're at. And then you're going to be able to shift your lessons as needed. This works really well if you're working in small groups. This is a lot harder in a a homeroom classroom of 25 students to kind of constantly be observing all the time. But in a small group setting, every time you're working with your students, I want to challenge you to be writing down what you're noticing. I want to challenge you to streamline this, okay? I When I would do this, I would have post-its and I would put them all over and then usually I'd end up losing them. If I was very organized, sometimes I would put the post-it right in that student's folder. And every time I went to do reports or had to have a meeting about the student, I was always so thankful when I opened that folder and saw that I already had observations about that student. 
because we don't remember. We have so much going on. We can't possibly keep that in our brain and, and we don't need to. We don't need to give that space for our brain to remember all these things the students are doing. So create a system of how you're going to record observations. Maybe that is, maybe you like to write down on pencil paper. Maybe you have a notebook with each student's name and that you just flip to that student's page and you write down your observations. That can work. Maybe you do the post-it thing and you have a folder for each student. I think one of the easiest ways is to set up an Excel or something on your computer where at the end of every group session, you quickly go in and you write any observations you see. And why I love doing something in a digital form is because then your the teachers you're working with can check in and you guys can collaborate easily through those observations. They can be writing observations they're seeing. You can be writing observations. And then you have one place that you know all those observations are going to be. So like I said, when a meeting comes up about the student or it's reports time, you can quickly just pull up that student and look on your Excel sheet and see all these observations that you've taken during this first quarter. So let's go back to that four-week cycle. The first week, you're going to begin by assessing, and then that's how you're going to guide your lessons. You're then going to teach for three weeks, and during those three weeks, you're going to be doing observations, writing down things that you see. After that four weeks, or or whenever it's a good break, it doesn't have to be exactly a four-week cycle, you are going to then check in again. And one of the things that I have found to be really difficult with teaching English language learners is just having that pin, like pinpointing where they're at. If you're going to continue, you can do this in two ways. When you're going to check in again, you can either give them that same assessment that you did at the beginning and see if there's been growth and improvement, if they're ready to move on, or if they're ready, if they really need to continue with the same skills that you're targeting. Okay. You're going to review those quarterly goals. Now you're four weeks into the quarter. You have, you know, maybe six weeks left. So you really want to stay focused on those goals. And, and then here's just a side note. Don't make too many goals. Sometimes we get really ambitious and think, okay, in this first quarter, we're going to do this and this and this. And especially in the first quarter, it's very hard to hit all those goals because it takes time to assess. It takes time to put your students in groups. It takes it takes time to get your schedule all together. So you're losing a lot of time in that first quarter. So be realistic. Set maybe two or three goals for each language domain. As the quarters develop and you, you've set up routines with your students, they know what to expect from you. You've built that rapport with them. You're going to be able to cover more goals during a quarter. But for this first one, really keep it limited because of the time that you're going to have. So after you teach for three weeks, you're going to do a check-in. You can, like I said, you can do the same assessment as before, or if you know you're ready to switch, you're, you're going to move on to a different topic, a different unit, you're going to cover some different things, then you might want to give them a new assessment. Okay. So that's what we want to have. We want to have assessment, teaching, observations. Okay. Then do it again. Assessment, teaching, observe, keep going. And that's really where you're going to find the freedom in your lesson planning is because you're going to have a clear idea of what your students need from you. And that's how you're going to figure out what lessons you're going to teach. Something else that I want to encourage you to do during the year, it doesn't have to be exactly after those four weeks. So you can you can do that four-week cycle all throughout the year. And you're going to see how powerful this is to really be guiding your lessons based on what your students need from you. And you're going to see how successful they are because you're going to be providing what they need. Now, the other thing that I recommend you doing throughout the year is doing 
some progress trackers. Okay. And these are a little bit different than progress monitoring check-ins. These go along with your observations and just any activities that you are doing in the classroom. What a progress tracker is, is using something like in, you know, if you're a weed estate and if you're not, that's okay. You can still use these. They're free, they're available, and they're really helpful. But if you're a weed estate, you might be familiar with the proficiency level descriptors. And like I said, if you're not in a weed estate, these are still something extremely helpful that you will want to use. And actually next week on the podcast, we're having Courtney Morgan, who's just incredible and so knowledgeable. She's coming on to share more about how to use these because I do think it will transform your teaching and your lesson planning. So throughout the year, you will want to pull out these proficiency level descriptors. These are for you know different grade levels, different grade level clusters. And it really breaks down interpretive skills and expressive skills. So interpretive skills are listening and reading, and our expressive skills are speaking and writing. And what is really powerful with this is it tells you at the end of level one, a student should be able to do this. At the end of level two, a student should be able to do this. So why I think this is so crucial and helpful is because when we do you know, the access testing or whatever your language testing is, that's done once a year, usually in the middle of the year, and we don't get the reports back for a long time. So we're basing our instruction of their language level off of an assessment that was done six months earlier. And then we, we use that same bench line throughout the entire year. But that's not how language learning works. There's ebbs and flows, but hopefully our students are moving forward, right? And some might be, we might be teaching the student that we think, okay, on access, they scored at a level two in speaking. So I'm going to just focus on the student at being at a level two. Well, that's not necessarily always accurate. They might advance in one domain and they still might need support. They might still might be at a level two, maybe in reading or writing. And it's it's going to go like that. We need to have a good pulse on our students at their different and seeing how they're progressing. And so that's why I love these PLDs because you can see, I can observe my student and see, wow, okay, let's see if this is a level two student. Well, let's see on my PLD here, it says that at the end of level two, the student should be able to understand how coherent texts are created around topics with repetition, rhyming, and common language patterns. And when I'm observing the student or giving them activities to do that, I see that the student's really doing well with that. He's actually really excelling with this. So he really needs me to move into level three on the interpretive. But if I didn't have this gauge, if I didn't have this rubric and this framework, I'm going to be stuck on really just focusing on level two skills for him the entire year. And so I'm keeping him back when he's ready to go forward. And I know that's not what we want to do, but if we don't have a framework or a rubric to guide us, this is really hard to do. So as you're going through this four-week cycle of the assessment, the teaching, the observations, throw these in there. This might be, you know, at the end of the quarter, do a check-in on their proficiency levels. See, are there any students who are, are showing that, you know what, they're really strong in this. I think we're ready to move them forward to the next level. That's how they're going to rise to the level that you're giving them, the expectations that you're providing for them, that you're expecting of them. 
And that's how they're going to really want to continue to move forward. When you have a good pulse on when they're ready to move forward or when they're ready or when they need more support. And these PLDs really will help give you that framework and that guidance to do that. So next week, we'll be going deeper on these with Courtney. It's an episode you won't want to miss out on. But that's it. That's that's really how you're going to plan your year is by beginning first with quarterly goals and then breaking it into a cycle of assessing, teaching, observing, repeat. <laughs> and then, you know, at those quarterly marks, check in on the goals, see how they're doing and check in on their proficiency levels and see who needs to move forward, who needs to stay the same, or who maybe needs to go backward for a little bit to build that confidence, build that foundation so that then they can excel forward. Sometimes that's okay too. Um, but it's when we have that pulse that we can really make those decisions and know that we're our students are getting what they need from us. So like I said, we have some quarterly goals already ready for you and you can find those in the show notes. You can also sign up if you're looking for more of these types of things of just really getting set up for this year. Check out our ESL teacher toolkit. We've provided you with the goals, with some can-do descriptors to really break down what those students should be able to do at each language level and grade level. And we've provided some other materials in there for you to really get prepared for this upcoming school year. So you can check those out in the show notes and I'll be back next week with an episode with Courtney Morgan about how we can use PLDs in our teaching. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you're looking for even more support and done for you resources created specifically for the needs of ELLs, head to inspiringyounglearners.com. I'll catch you here next week. Until then, take that next step to keep equipping your ELLs.